You're listening to Being Well with BU, a Bournemouth University podcast. Hello, I'm your host Ella and I'm joined by my co-hosts and resident BU experts in all things mental health and well-being, Kerri-Ann Randall. Hello. And Karen Butters. Hi. And welcome back to Being Well with BU. Kerry, Karen, thank you so much for joining me again. Um, It's been quite a uh, long time, in a way, since we last um, recorded the first episode. Um, Or at least it feels like it's been a long time. A lot has changed in the world um, since we last spoke. We are no longer in um, complete lockdown. Things are starting to shift. Uh, back to normality slowly but things are certainly moving that way now um, and that has a whole host of knock-on impacts for um, for people. So um, I wanted to talk today about the kind of things that people might be feeling as we sort of shift into this recovery stage of coronavirus and as things start to go back to normal um, and some of the things that people may be struggling with during this time. Um, so obviously we've all been kind of shut up in our homes for the past how many weeks it's been um, now and we're kind of starting to be allowed that freedom but I think people are feeling quite anxious about that is that fair to say at the moment? Absolutely um, morning thank you ever so much for, for having us back on um, it was um, it was a really good podcast I felt last time and so it's, it's great to be able to extend it one of the things that I heard um, in a few webinars yesterday was a phrase that was same storm, different boat. And I really like that because I think it really sort of um, sums up that actually we are all in the same situation, but our reactions and responses to it will be completely different. So I was also going to say thanks because we've had some great feedback, Ella, from the first podcast. So it's a great idea. And hopefully we can build on some of those messages from last time. Um, it's also a good opportunity this week to think about World Mental Health Awareness Week because it's been a current a constant theme, as I said last time, through the messaging um, from our chief operating officer on behalf of the university um, about being kind to ourselves and you know taking care of each other. And I think uh, I'd agree completely with, with what Kerry said in terms of there has been this subtle shift. Um, I think uh, we a- acknowledge that there was a bit of a survivor mode. There was a bit of a acknowledging what was going on. And we talked about that a lot in the last time we, we met. Um, but we are in a slightly different landscape now. Um, so we're going from survivor to how do we manage the next period in terms of significant change for both us as individuals and the university? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it would probably be fair to say that people are feeling, um, some people are, are really excited to get back to normal and to kind of start to get their lives back in a way. And um yeah, some people still are perhaps not ready for that, perhaps feel that it's too early. How do we manage that? How do we balance those those two conflicting viewpoints? Because they do seem, um, at times I've seen on social media, a good deal of tension. How do we manage that? I think we need to accept that actually how people feel, and you just said about feelings then, how people feel will be the greatest challenge. Um, 
you know, as you know, part of my work is around uh, safety and we've got to carefully examine, you know, what we can do to make campus safer, safer and the objectives for the organisation uh, to be carried out in the safest possible way. Um, but we're not going to be able to uh, do that unless we promote or make some changes that promote trust and confidence in both staff and students that not only are we taking it seriously, but we're taking them seriously too and acknowledging that they still will have some um, anxieties and concerns about either coming back on campus or moving into this new phase of being a little bit more relaxed and, as the government says, applying our uh, our common sense. I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, and just really add the fact that I think there's going to have to be a, a period, a fairly long period of us needing to to be um, flexible, to uh, to be uh uh, you know, to adapt to how different people are responding and to accept that. Um, I, th I think the, the tensions between what people think are, is right and wrong has always been a tension. Um, and, and this is no different. But actually, you know, people's responses to potentially t returning to the workplace, potentially returning to a public space. I think um, there has to be that sort of understanding that people respond differently same storm, different boat. And, and I think if we can remember that sort of mantra when we're talking to other people or when we're thinking about our own, our own behaviours and our own actions, then um, I think that will help. Yeah, I love that. Same storm, different boat. It's really, it's really apt. Um, I've seen some news articles recently about the kind of um, struggles that people are likely to face when coming out of coming out of this period. Um, you know, people perhaps feeling scared of other people, scared to be around other people, because that's kind of what they've been conditioned to feel over the last few weeks. They've, they've kind of learned to, to stay away from other humans and to, to be scared and to not go outside as much. Um, how can we support those people? Is there is there a way to help them overcome that kind of um, anxiety that they're feeling at the moment? Um, I think for me, it's around um, the importance of checking in. So the importance of actually going back to that question, how are you? Um, how are you feeling about coming back onto campus? How are you feeling about going back into the office? Um, <clears throat> what can I do to help? I think would be really helpful asking those questions rather than sort of saying, why are you feeling like that? You know, why are you so anxious? And, you know, what are you worried about? But actually saying, what can I do to help you with the feelings that you've got? How can I what, what can I do that's going to help you feel more comfortable and in control? It's becoming a more um, obvious balancing act at the minute. So in in one hand, we are absolutely mindful of people's anxieties you know we've been supporting staff we've been listening to staff I agree that we need to now ask them either in a very uh, informal way and having those conversations but also we're probably going to have to ask staff and students in a very formal way to establish you know where the where the vulnerabilities are in terms of concerns and and maybe underlying health conditions and all of those things that we are going to have to do from a from a legal perspective too. Um, but it's the balance between acknowledging that, but at the same time, re-establishing our campus purpose. So, so we know what the messaging is around semester one, um, but we have a campus. We have a fantastic campus uh, and it's outlying areas too. So in 
Portsmouth and Yeovil and some of the outlying fieldwork areas we're, we're responsible for and we work in. But it's a it's a real balancing act. We don't know the dates. We don't know what it will look like. We know roughly the mechanisms we're going to have to have in place. But what will be the new culture? You know, and I think that that's that is this balance between we are BU, what we do, why we're here, why do we exist, but also we can only do that with a group of staff who feel able to participate in order to support the students, in order to support them moving forward. So, you know, establishing our purpose is really important. Yeah, that's um, that's brilliantly put. Um, and I think that's going to be something that we're all going to have to work towards over the coming weeks, months, days, however long that takes um, to get back to normal. And I think it is going to be quite some time by all accounts, until we are back to some form of normal. Um, one of my colleagues was speculating the other day, will we even ever shake hands again? Will we hug people again? Will that be our kind of greeting or will we still, um, will, our, will our natural response to people be to not do that anymore? I think it's a, it's a really interesting thought, actually. I think these are the sort of questions that probably a lot of people are now beginning to wonder. Um, particularly because of the restrictions and then the, the lifting of some restrictions and the confusion that that often brings with it. Um, and I think it's really common to, to feel worried um, or anxious or, you know, helpless about what's going to happen next. But um, for me, probably what we need to do is to, to focus on things that we can control and, and listen to the, you know, the, the information that we trust, that we know is from a reliable source, and that we can then, you know, stay informed about what it is that we can and can't do. And, and coming back onto campus when that might be um, or whether it will be a sort of you know some online support for a while I think the, the importance is around you know making sure that we are informed that the communication that we give to each other is clear is easy to access um, and is timely um, as opposed to you know people then having you know the the beauty of using imagination um, about what may or may not happen whether it's are we ever going to shake hands again I mean that's that is a you know, it, it's a real question for, for a lot of people. Um, and it's a really difficult answer to give um, because at the moment, you know, there, there's a lot of uncertainty still. I think the timescales um, are adding to that, aren't they? So we're in, you know, uh, second going into third month um, of lockdown soon. And I think um, that kind of breeds this well, they told us this, that's now not happening, so there must be something else going on. And I'm I'm loath to say a conspiracy theory because that's not what I'm trying to explain. But it's something around that where every every day just reinforces that, you know, that little that little thought you may have had at the back of your mind a kind of, you know, six or seven weeks ago and, and maybe a conversation you've had with your family and um, you know, when you're talking about planning things for the future and then suddenly someone says, actually that might not happen because you know, if it goes ahead, we may have to do it in a very different way, and then the outcome won't be the same. And and it and it and it just feeds it on a on a daily, on a weekly, on now a monthly basis that your little um, niggle now becomes all consuming. And and I think that's as we go through the next few weeks, you know, what we know, and we absolutely know this, is that at some point this will end. We know that because. Other situations of this type, maybe not as uh, critical as the one we're in right now, but certainly similar, 
have literally blown through and we you know we've established whatever the new normal was at that time i do think what you say ella is is a, is a really valid point in terms of people's concerns about the transmission uh, and whether or not we will go back to where we were christmas time or you know new year this year and whether or not we will behave in a different way um when i'm out and about we talked about getting out last time we met but you know, I'm increasingly seeing people just generally just manoeuvring themselves, you know, and it, and it was when we were first either going to the supermarket or whatever, it was a little bit embarrassing, you know, sorry, I've got to step over here. Now, if someone doesn't move, it's almost like, what are you doing? You're kind of in, in that space that you shouldn't be in. Um, and that's becoming normal. So actually, hopefully, people's thought processes will become more used to it and less worrying over time. And I know that isn't really a good constructive answer but there's there's so many variables right now i think we have to just accept that we still don't know so let's not worry too much carrie's point about what we can control is really important because if not we become consumed by the stuff that we have absolutely no control over uh oh we've lost her conspiracy theorists have just <laughs> basically cut her off i think i think that might have happened Right, so we lost Karen there for a moment, but she's back. Um, right, where were we, everyone? What were we saying? We were talking about... Um... Well, I'm, I'm... Go on, Karen. <laughs> While you still can. Uh, yeah, um, I, I think I was talking about control. So if we've got that bit, then we're good to go. Carrie, over to you. That's very generous of you. Um, all right, I'm just looking at my notes, actually, because I was looking at um, some of the NHS resources and the... Um, around managing anxiety, particularly around Every Mind Matters, which has been updated quite considerably to have a, a really helpful section around managing anxiety, refocusing your anxiety and actually looking at some problem solving um, techniques that you can use to actually address those concerns. And I think probably now's the time for us to, to be signposting to some of those really useful resources, which are easily accessible online. So for that one, it would be the Every Mind Matters campaign, um, particularly the section around managing anxiety. Brilliant. Yeah, I think we absolutely should be doing that. And we've talked, we talked a bit in our first podcast about anxiety around the situation and about, um, as you were saying, Karen, about not being able to control things and not know um, what's going to happen. And that being quite a source of anxiety for people, not kind of knowing how long this is going to go on for. Um, I know has been something that I've struggled with and, and many people I've spoken to have struggled with as well because it's not um, it's not a normal situation and, and it would be a lot easier if we all just knew, right, it's going to end on the 30th of June and then life will go back to normal then. But, you know, it doesn't work like that and that's um, difficult for some people, I think. Um, so, yes, uh, certainly people will be feeling anxiety at the moment. Um are there any other kind of uh, impacts on people's mental health, on people's kind of um, normal habits that we might be seeing as a result of lockdown or indeed of coming out of uh, or starting to come out of lockdown that perhaps we ought to be mindful of or perhaps um, there might be resources that, that we could signpost people to that might help with some of the things they're experiencing? Um, so I, I'll pick one and I'm sure that um, Kerry will i'm sure add add to that so um we know that for some people uh while the whole world has been sort of locked locked down um variously over the last few months um re-establishing 
going outside again is going to be really difficult. So I'm not suggesting that this is a clinical conversation on any level, but it's really important to acknowledge that, um, you know, people have not only fears about um, the impact of what might happen by going outside, but also if they've had friends and family members who have been uh, affected by this, uh, the fear will be about it happening to them too and how uh, best that they can move forward and make this transition. I mean, this refocusing and problem-solving stuff that uh, Kerry said Everyone Matters is doing is, is fantastic and the real resources really are good. Um, but it's acknowledging that some people will not only be fearful about returning to workplaces because, you know, we can look at the media uh, this week particularly and think that the world's on holiday. And, of course, that's not factual. Um, some people can't work, and that's absolutely right. Um, but there are lots and lots of people, and I had an email from someone just yesterday who alluded to the fact that uh, they had been on their own now since lockdown, and they'd had you know no contact with anybody, and I'm sure that's, that's the same for whether they're students or staff. Um, and we must acknowledge that it's not just about re-entering the workplace. It's it's about leaving their house. And so anything we can do or leaving the, you know, the safety of their home, the sanctuary that they built, even though they've been struggling with the isolation, it's still a bigger mountain for them to climb to, to come out of that. And, and um, we always said, and I, again, you know, far be it from from us either of us to talk about in a kind of we told you so kind of kind of mode because that's not how how we generally operate but lockdown was just the first part of this battle um as Kerry said it was the first boat we we're all in in together and we always said that getting back would be the steepest of climbs you know or the choppiest of seas or whatever you know you want to metaphor you want to add um but we do have to acknowledge that there'll be a range of reasons why people will struggle. And in the same way, last time we talked about the range of reasons why people are anxious, there's a range of reasons why people will, will struggle about uh, returning back to whatever will be, as I said earlier, this kind of new normal. Absolutely. I would, um, I would just add to that about um, there's a reality here that we actually don't always know the answers. And no one knows the answers. The government don't really know. The scientists are still working this out. This is such a new um, pandemic for the whole world that actually, you know, when people are saying, when can we go back? What will happen? How will we behave? What will be the expectation? I think there is um, there is an underlying reality there that actually this is new. And, and, and actually, sometimes we might give answers that in a week's time will completely revert on and, and say something completely different. So, I can understand why people are feeling, you know, incredibly confused. Um, on Karen's point about people feeling feeling um, fairly isolated and, and self-isolating themselves purely because of their anxieties, and, and, and again, you know, there's a there's a significant amount of people who, like all of us, you know, we don't want to catch COVID. You you hear about the horror stories you see on TV and the media, so you know you're going to do everything you can to try and prevent, you know, to put, prevent putting yourself in that position where you could potentially be quite vulnerable. Um, so those who have self-isolated for that reason, but also because they live on their own, they, you know, students or staff, they live on their own. They don't really see other people. But actually, 
they crave seeing other people. So a lot of people who live on their own may be also extroverts. They may actually be the one that would always come, you know, walking across and giving you a big hug as opposed to a handshake. They're not going to be your handshakers. These are going to be your real huggers. You know, the ones that like thrive on that physical contact. Um, and that's that's not going to be there. So so even for those who have been isolated, have felt lonely and now have an opportunity to go out, the behaviours in those kind of um the, the, the difference from how it used to be is, is going to be there. It is going to be um, it's going to be another adaptation. And, and, and this is the theme, isn't it? This is how, you know, every week we're now having to look at adapting to new rules and, and new, um, you know, new environments. So um, this is a I think there has to be some acceptance that this is how it's going to be, that sometimes it will feel muddled. But actually, that's kind of us working through what it is that's happening. Yeah, there's some brilliant points there, both of you. Thank you. I've um, yeah had several conversations with people over the last few days where we've said lockdown in a way was actually easy. You just stop and, and that's it. That's quite simple in a way to um, organise. Reversing that, though, is so complicated. And we're seeing that. That's that's, I guess, part of why people have been so confused by some of the messaging, because this is never there's never going to be an easy process to reverse that sudden shut. It's always going to be much harder. And that's quite difficult. Um, and to your point, Kerry, I, I actually I hadn't quite twigged that myself. But um, as we're now allowed to, to meet one person outside of our home, I went for a socially distant dog walk with a friend the other day. And I'm quite a tactile person you know I'm one of those big huggers and to see my friend and talk to her but not be able to give her the massive hug that I was so craving was really really difficult um and like we've said we don't know when it will be possible to hug people again and and to, to do that that's that's really hard for people that thrive off that kind of um contact it's really difficult yeah, we, uh, we've been uh, a couple of times now, Lorraine and I have uh, had the opportunity to see Natalie, who uh, lives in Weymouth, our daughter, and, and she popped in on, on Sunday. But the new pop-in is stood on the road while we stood in the front garden. And um, it's fantastic to see her. We have contact with her every day, as you'd expect. But it's the saying goodbye that I found the most difficult. You know, kind of, okay, rock up, you know, uh, we we sort of, she, she was in the area, so she said she'd pop in, um, or pop on the pavement. That's the new norm. Um, but the saying goodbye, you know, it's, it's tricky because we are, we are huggers, you know, we are, that's our kind of yardstick. If we're okay, you can sort of feel it, you know, when you hold on to each other. Um, and, but it, it's, uh, it's going to take a while, I think, for people to either, um, trust that that hug's going to be okay or even allow themselves into that space um and not not necessarily because of the risk of infection just because you know we do adapt quite quickly and we've now adapted to this new way of being and it's going to take almost a while to get back to where we used to be if if we ever will in that same in that same level hopefully for families and we will um but it's going to take a while i think yeah i i agree i think it's um it's hard it is hard for people um and you know even when we're told that it's safe and that it's allowed for us to do things like that not just hugging but but um whatever the the next lifting of restriction is that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be comfortable with that everybody's going to want to do that 
um, or even be ready to do that. I think this is where the um, <clears throat> the importance of talking comes in. You know, the, the fact that we're all talking about that and we're all saying, yeah, actually, that is, that's, that is really hard, actually. I've noticed that quite a bit, that, you know, normally you would see somebody or if somebody looked distressed, you would put your, your hand out on their arm at least and sort of, you know, just that natural human instinct to sort of want to comfort. And um, and we're not going to be able to do that in the same way for, for a while. Um, but, but talking and actually having that conversation, you know, if I could, I'd give you a hug. If, you know, um, it's so nice to see you. Those kind of, you know, you, you can try and find the words that would explain what you would have potentially done in, in, in body language, as it was. Um, but, but talking um, comes easy for some. Uh, it doesn't come easy for everybody. And, and again, um, I guess that our challenge is, is how do we reach out to those people for whom talking doesn't come as, as easily, who, who sometimes can't find the words? Um, and that's something I think, you know, we're, we're all conscious of where we've got friends or colleagues or family members who, you know, would ordinarily give you that one word answer. But how can we encourage them to open up? You know, how, how can we phrase our questions in a way that are open? And what do we mean by open questions? You know, we hear it quite a lot in sort of therapeutic um, environments, but, but actually for, for most people, they probably wouldn't know an open question. They would just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a natural thing. It's, it's not a sort of clinical thing. So I, I wonder whether there is some, um, what would be quite helpful is this, if we start to try and not teach, but try and suggest, advise, you know, those phrases that can open up that conversation. Um, and, and as I was saying earlier, you know, rather than sort of saying, why are you so upset? You know, I can see that you're anxious. What can I do um, that might help you right now? Um, it, with practice, they're really easy kind of phrases and terminology to use. Um, Karen, you're probably better at this than I am. Well, I think it's about engagement, isn't it? Uh, uh, you know, on, on a much wider uh, piece, really. And I was thinking through, and uh, I'm going to leave you with something really, really cheesy linked to your uh, your same storm, different boat analogy. But um, it is about engagement for both staff and students. You know, we've got a long way to go. But sometimes we can put in mechanisms whereby we offer as you say, Kerry, quite rightly, suggested start points for conversations. You know, we can offer scripts. We can offer whatever we need to offer in terms of good practice. But we struggle, and I'm, I'm sure we're not alone in the sector or any other form of employment, if I'm really honest. We struggle with full engagement. And actually, this is one of those times where we really do need a better level of engagement. So uh, the cheesy bit is that if we're in the same storm uh, in different boats, the services that Kerry and I are responsible for, and clearly for both staff and students, if you saw them as those support mechanisms are kind of life jackets in our boat, how do we convince the people to wear them? Boom, drop the mic. That is a Friday like, yeah, major mic drop there, Karen. You're just, you know, this is just clearly your thing, isn't it? <laughs> cheese and everything <laughs> I like the analogy I, I, I might joke but I do like the analogy and um, I think it's a really helpful way of looking at it um, but also because everybody will have different life jackets I'm trying to think of a different analogy now but everyone will have a different color maybe life jacket which will you know help them to uh, you know with, with the tools and the skills that they will need um, I can't wait to uh, to see what you come up with for that it will be BU branded don't worry be <laughs> you branded life jackets i can't wait you'll be talking about flares next not the ones you wear you know the ones that you send signals from. i was gonna say we're not been sat since the 1970s have we <laughs>
thank you for listening to Being Well with BU. You can find more Bournemouth University podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from, or for more information, help and support, visit us online at www.bournemouth.ac.uk.